Here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. If you've gotten into nature at all the last couple weeks, you've probably seen the buckets and jugs dangling off our local maple trees. That's because it's maple season. But unfortunately, here in Pittsburgh, it's not going as well as it could be. It's my birthday, Thursday, March 9th. I'm Megan Harris, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. We're with Scott Weikert. He's a forest resources educator at Penn State Extension. Scott, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. How did you get into maple work? Are you just a really big breakfast stand? Um, <laughs> I know you got a lot on your plate being a, an extension agent, but, but what got you interested? You know, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. So where, where I grew up in, in South Central Pennsylvania, that particular part of Adams County, having sausage gravy and chip beef gravy on your pancakes <laughs> is very common mm-hmm. um, down there. So I actually don't even use maple syrup on my pancakes. There's lots of other uses for it. But I got into maple syrup, interestingly enough, uh, from a colleague of mine that does it. Uh, as a hobby, and that's all I do. I make you know three or four gallons a year uh, for for myself and friends. But uh, you know, I watched him make it, and it was just—it's an interesting process. You're out in nature, uh, and you family and friends are are there to help. They want to see it being made. They want to sample of the maple syrup <laughs> yeah, when you're done. Uh, but that's kind of what got me started. And so we have a camp in, in Tioga County, actually, that we will take a week and go up and, and make two or three gallons of syrup each year. So Yeah, I love it as like a big social activity that brings folks together. Um, and I know you've been leading a bunch of workshops this past month. Um, when exactly here in Pennsylvania is maple syrup season? So I'll, I'll, I'll give you two time frames. <laughs> two. We get two. I like that. Two time frames. The traditional time, uh, I say, uh, in the in their traditional maple producing region, say north of Interstate eighty, um, traditionally is around mid February to okay. about the end of March. If we're lucky, maybe early April. And then, of course, south of south of eighty, it's going to be sooner. So it's really it really depends on the weather. And so, and so it can fluctuate from year to year, and and this year it started early, <laughs> even in the in the northern region of Pennsylvania, it started uh, quite a few weeks earlier than normal, and yeah. is going to probably it's going to end earlier, and probably going to end soon. Yeah. Well, and P- Pittsburgh is well south of I eighty. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're you know based a little bit north of there. Uh, how, how does the season change depending on where you are, your topography, you know, the trees? How do they react? So, I guess to explain that, let me uh, let me try to really quickly explain what makes the sap flow because yeah. ultimately that's what it boils down to. So, oh, it was that a joke? What it boils down to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you caught me. <laughs> so, uh, so it, a lot of people think the the tree is pumping the sap through the tree yeah i think of it as like kind of like blood flow is that correct or no yeah so it's actually it's actually not the tree is still dormant and so what causes the sap to flow is a pressure difference in the tree so to get the sap to flow we need to have freezing nights and warm days 
And so what happens there when we have the freezing nights, so if you, the, the sap that's in the tree has carbon dioxide and, and different gases like that in the, in the liquid. So when it freezes, it contracts, it gets smaller, mm-hmm. and that causes a negative pressure or vacuum, and it'll draw water into the tree through the roots. When it warms up, uh, all that expands and causes a positive pressure, and it, and it could be as much as you know, 20, 25 pounds per square inch within the tree. And then that's what will force the sap out of a wound. In our case, it's a, a hole that we yeah. drilled into the tree. So that's what causes it to the sap to flow. So we need to have those conditions for it to happen. So down in, in the, you know, the further south that you get, that timing is going to be earlier than, say, up here in, in Potter County on the New York line. Um, so you may be tapping in January down in, in the southern part of the state, down in West Virginia. You know, there are parts of West Virginia in the mountains where, where they are producing maple, maple syrup as well. Uh, and, you know, a lot of them are tapping in December, mid-December, uh, and, but they're also ending a lot sooner. You don't hear West Virginia and think of maple syrup, I don't think. Um, you know, before I moved to this region some years ago, I don't think I thought of Pennsylvania when I thought of maple syrup. Are there different flavors depending on where it's produced or, you know, can you detect the difference? I can't. I personally can't. <laughs> That's my, not your palate? <laughs> my palate is not sensitive enough. There there are people that claim that, that they can tell a little difference. It's not a big difference. Um, you know, my, my sister, uh, well, the first time I gave her a quart of syrup that we made in Tioga County, now she, she said, you know, she was never a huge fan of, of maple syrup. Uh, it, but I gave her that quart and she said it, it was the best maple syrup that she had. And changed her mind. And I've had other people say that, you know, the the syrup from northern Pennsylvania is, you know, it has a better flavor than certain other areas. But I, so I, I guess I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if it's not because of the taste, then how did we become, you know, like a, a hot spot then for maple syrup production? In Pennsylvania, we, we have the resource uh, for, to, to make maple syrup. So it's not By made. By resource, uh, you mean the trees? The trees, yes. Yeah. The trees and the weather. And because okay. you can grow maple trees in Florida, but we're not making maple syrup in Florida. Fair, you know? fair. So, okay. So we, we have the resource and, you know, it, it particularly, it, traditionally it has primarily been, I would say, for the most part in the, the northern half of the state. And, and it is branching out. Scott, I got to say, that sounds like a really nice way to say that, no, we're not actually that well known yet, despite producing so much of it. Am I right? Yeah. So, you know, a good example of that is I was, uh, there's a maple producer up in the northeast part of the state uh, that told me that, you know, they take some of their product down into the, the farmer's markets down in, in the southeast, you know, towards Philadelphia area. Yeah. And, and she said people come up to her often and ask ask her what part of Vermont she gets her maple syrup from. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, Vermont has just done an outstanding job of marketing their, their product over the years because everybody thinks that the maple syrup comes from, from Vermont. But, but Pennsylvania is a pretty strong shower, in, you know, in production. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sixth in the nation. I was surprised to see that. 
Yep. So we just have some more marketing to do, I guess. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of the things we're trying to, uh, you know, the, the state does have a, a maple producers council uh, and, you know, we're, we're working with them trying to come up with a plan to, to get some grant money to help market Pennsylvania maple syrup. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom-inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique, from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. So if you are interested in maple sugaring, uh, how do you get started with it? Um, You know, give me the bullet points. Just doing it as a hobby, making a gallon or two for yourself is it's pretty, it's pretty simple and it can be as cheap or as expensive as you want it to be. So, you know, basically you need uh, a spile, which is, that's most people call it the tap. That is, you know, we drill the hole and we tap this thing into the tree. It's like a little piece of metal usually. It's uh, the, the older style is metal. Most yeah. of them now are plastic. Okay. Uh, yep. So that's what the sap's going to run out. And mm-hmm. then you, you either attach a bucket uh, or a bag. They make bags. Any food safe container with a lid to collect okay. the sap. You boil the sap and get rid of the water. When the sugar content gets up to around uh, 67% sugar, then it's officially maple syrup. How do you test for that, you know, that content level, right? Because like I've made, you know, simple syrup on the stovetop before Mm -hmm. and you can kind of see when it starts to like coat the back of a spoon. Um, But I'm not using a temperature gauge or anything like that. Like um, how do you do that on a big scale when you've got, you know, all of this sap that you then need to boil down? Yep. So that's a, that's a really good question. So the old timers would use that spoon trick. Oh, really? Uh, okay, yeah, good. I'm yeah, glad that's not outdated. <laughs> years ago. So, uh, oh, maybe it is. Okay. <laughs> so for, for the hobbyists, there's, there's two ways to do it. Um, you can monitor the boiling point oh, of, really? the, okay. of the liquid. So water boils at 212 degrees and the more concentrated the sugars get, the boiling point goes up. It increases. I tell folks when it starts boiling, take a temperature reading because some, you know, barometric pressure and elevations can affect the boiling point. So if you're boiling at 212, right. add 7.25 degrees to wherever it's boiling. And when you hit that number, it's done. It's officially maple syrup. So at a little over 219 degrees, it's, it's syrup. 
Interesting. The other, the other way you can do it is to buy a hydrometer. So if anybody has made uh, wine or beer at home, mm-hmm. you probably had a, a hydrometer that measures the specific gravity of the liquid. And so they make some specific for maple syrup as well. So that would be the more accurate way, but you wouldn't have to. You could just use a, a thermometer if you wanted. And then do you need to then filter it too to make sure that it's, you know, the crystal clean, like, you know, kind of amber color that we're used to seeing in the stores? Yep. So if you, uh, you know, if you want to eliminate the bugs and the bark and the dirt. If you then, don't want to eat bugs. Okay. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> let's, yeah let's start there. So, now they've been, you know, boiled for hours. So uh, if you're not selling the product, you wouldn't have to filter it. But okay. That being said, most people would, would like to filter, and you can buy cone with the cone filters uh, for maple that'll, you can run the maple syrup through, uh, and it'll get rid of the, not only the bugs and the bark, but it will, so there's what we call sugar sand in the mm-hmm. syrup as well, that kind of doesn't really show up when it's hot. It doesn't hurt anything. So if you've ever seen a jar of maple syrup, and there's a a coating on the bottom of the jar, it very well may be the sugar sand that precipitated out uh, over time when after the syrup cooled. It doesn't hurt anything. It doesn't get, impart any flavors. It's just a little gritty if you get it on your pancakes. Yeah. Would you say that anyone can do this? I think so. If, you, if you've got access to a couple maple trees and a way to boil it down, now you can use the, the stove if you want a propane, you know, turkey fryer, uh, you can use those types of methods. Uh, if you do it in your house on uh, on the stove and, and, and you're boiling a lot, you know, you may want to make sure you have some sort of way to vent the moisture out. Oh, unless, yeah. you, unless you're trying to replace your wallpaper, you know, it might <laughs> be good. It might help take the wallpaper off your walls. But outside that, just because of the amount of moisture, uh, outside's the ideal place. Yeah. Is that how you do it? Yep. Yep. We do it outside. We have a, uh, we just have a cement block set up and a, we have a three foot by three foot stainless steel pan and that we set on top of the blocks and we have our fire underneath of it. And, uh, and that's what we do. So the bigger the surface area uh, of your pan, whatever you're using to, to evaporate it, the the faster you can evaporate the water. So a little turkey fryer is going to take a lot longer than something like I have with a three foot by three foot pan, but it can be done. Absolutely. It can be done. It sounds like a good way to spend an afternoon sitting there watching, uh, watching the maple boil. Yep. And, you know, you mentioned those maple councils. We, I think the closest one to us here in Pittsburgh is in Somerset. Um, They've got a big maple weekend coming up this Saturday and Sunday from 10 to 4. Um, I know these happen all over the Commonwealth. Um, What can folks expect at, you know, like a big public demonstration or a maple camp of that kind? Yeah. So when you go down to an event like that, there's... uh, Typically, there, there's numerous uh, maple producers that, that are around the region that will open up their, their sugar shack. That's what we call uh, the area, you know, the, the building where the syrup is made. We call it a sugar shack. They will open up their sugar shacks that you can tour and you can visit multiple places through, you know, over the weekend. Yeah, um, it looks like there's 24 at this event coming up. Yep. Yep. And so, so what you can expect, so at those sugar shacks, they will, 
oftentimes have samples of mm-hmm. products. So not just the syrup. There's a lot of other products like maple cream. If you've never had maple cream, I highly recommend you seek it out. Uh, it is kind of like the consistency of peanut butter, oh. except it is pure maple. And so you can put that on your bagel or on your toast. Okay. Personally, my favorite is to just take a big spoonful right out of the jar and eat it. <laughs> uh, it <laughs> so syrup and cream, any other products that we need to be aware of? There's maple candy, okay. maple covered peanuts. They, they have started to sell products like maple mustard. Uh, oh. so, and which is really good if you're for dipping, you know, cheese or pretzels in uh, or a sandwich, a ham sandwich with uh, maple mustard, maple barbecue sauce. If if that particular producer is making those things, that stuff will be available to buy. And a lot of it will be available to sample as well at these events. And, and the demonstrations, you know, if the if the sap is running. They, you can see the uh, the evaporators in action, and 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 they'll explain the whole process to you. And uh, and if it's not running, some of them may just fill it up with water, just so you can see the steam flying for you, yeah. and and talk about the process. So, it's a really good educational event and a great place to buy the product and sample the product. Very cool. Well, we'll have links to all of that in our show notes. Um, Scott, thank you so much for educating us on maple. Um, We're looking forward to anything you're going to cook up in the future. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, the season is is certainly going to end sooner than normal, but it's overall, I think it should be a pretty good year. So, so seek out the Pennsylvania maple syrup. Absolutely. Thanks. You know, after we spoke to Scott, um, he was just the best, but he did us dirty because the moment we turned off that recorder, he told us about another product that sounds totally amazing, maple cotton candy. Apparently it was the must-have item at this year's Pennsylvania Farm Show. So we're gonna try to figure out where to find some and report back. Also, a little closer to home, Marshall Township is actually hosting their own shindig on Saturday at Knob Hill Community Park. We'll have a link in the show notes if you want to go. A little more news before you go. Mayor Ed Ganey and five other mayors in our region have called for an investigation into our area's rail infrastructure. The joint statement comes after a second train derailed in Ohio over the weekend, and only a month after the catastrophic one in East Palestine. The crews say they want to safeguard our communities and hold these railroad companies accountable. Here's hoping. And Heinz Hall is getting a facelift, and it's not coming cheap. The $3 million procedure will include the restoration of pieces of the facade and 32 new windows. It all starts in June. The architects said that the restoration won't cause any sidewalk closures or disrupt any events at the hall. That's all for today here on CineCast Pittsburgh. We're about to wade into murky waters. Do you think that Pittsburgh is part of the Midwest? If you have strong opinions, get in our DMs. We're going to try to record something soon, and it will be the first of several conversations. So if you don't hear your response immediately, don't get mad. You're helping a future episode of CityCast Pittsburgh. All right. We're on social at CityCastPGH, and you can text or leave us a voicemail. We're at 412-212-8893. 
We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. We'll talk to y'all soon. Scott, before we get started, uh, where are you from? Because I can feel my accent trying to come back as I talk uh, to you. So I grew up about eight miles southwest of Gettysburg. Okay. So I my my home was literally three and a half miles north of the Mason Dixon line. And okay. I, I've been accused of being from Kentucky, from you know, West Virginia with my accent that mm-hmm. I don't notice, but they they claim I have a southern draw. <laughs>